Welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is produced by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled The Importance of Performance Opportunities for Young Children During Music Therapy and presented by Jamie George, Andrew Littlefield, Laurie Peoples and Andrea Johnson. The George Center for Music Therapy is a growing music therapy company serving the metro Atlanta area. The five music therapists, primarily working with pediatric patients, strive to provide a creative approach for individual growth. In addition to individual and group music therapy sessions, the George Center offers performing arts classes and adaptive music lessons for children with special needs. In this collaborative podcast, the George Center's music therapy team discusses the benefits of providing performance opportunities for young children with disabilities, as well as how to create a successful recreational experience for the entire family. Hello, this is Jamie George, and I own the George Center for Music Therapy in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here with four of our five team members, and we're going to talk a little bit today about the importance of using performance opportunities for young children either um, during music therapy or as music therapy. And um, our practice here in Atlanta, we do primarily work with pediatric clients and many of our clients are under the age of five. So oftentimes we use performance opportunities and adaptive music lessons in order to attain our non-musical goals. We are all board certified music therapists and as well as neurologic music therapists. A couple of us are also NICU music therapists, um, and so we're going to talk about some of the goals that we work on during adaptive lessons and performance opportunities for our children under five. And I'm going to hand it over to Andrew Littlefield, who's going to get us started. Yeah, I'd love to kick things off. One of the really cool goal areas we get to work on um, for performance in music therapy, or when we offer performance opportunities for young children in music therapy, is the self-confidence that comes with getting up on stage and um, performing in front of a crowd. Um, now there's kind of two parts to this, you know, the self-confidence for this child, him, him or herself, to get up there and play in front of a crowd takes a lot of guts and uh, Jamie's going to talk a little bit about appropriate behaviors that go along with that. But one of the things that I always really like watching, and you guys can tell me if you agree or not, is um, watching the parents' reaction and the family reaction from uh, watching their children play. And I think it kind of gives the child a little bit of extra self-confidence to play in front of their parents like that and do something in a very positive light. Uh, as well as their siblings, and I think it really boosts confidence for parents and siblings too. Um, there's a lot of research out there about the siblings of children with special needs and how that can be very a very hard adjustment for them, whether they're older or younger. And so I, one of my favorite things at our recitals that we do is to see the younger or older siblings in the crowd and get to watch their brother or sister uh, perform in a very positive light. It's one of my favorite things to get to watch when we have those performances. Absolutely, and so many times the children that we're working with don't have other opportunities to get on stage yeah. or perform in front of a group of people, whether that be uh, musically and, and fine arts or um, in sports or, or any other arena. So I think it's a great opportunity for the child and the family. Definitely. One of the other great things we get to work on um, as a goal area in performance opportunities for music therapy is practice, obviously. Um, I don't know about y'all, but for me, uh, in college, I probably practiced about 50% more, probably about maybe more like 200% more if I knew <laughs> that uh, I had to perform it in front of a group. So um, when I had a professor tell me, you know, I had to 
play in studio or something like that, that was always a big motivator. So I like to use the performance as a motivator for practice. Um, something we've talked about in the past, though, is making sure that practice doesn't become uh, gruesome or burdensome, especially for that young age. We don't want to create an aversion to it that early on that they kind of dread it for the rest of their lives. Um, and so I think what we a lot of times try to do is break things up into work, you know, focused work on piano for five minutes, ten minutes, whatever the child can handle, and then break into three to five minutes of fun music therapy activity like a dance or playing instruments like that, or even um, breaking up between something that's challenging that they're going to work on for several weeks and something that they can immediately succeed at. You know, maybe something on the piano that they can play really, really quickly and have that immediate opportunity for success, I think helps really reduce burnout. What do y'all think about that? Absolutely. And I think it's great. Um, it's great goal setting for yeah. the future. I mean, for these kids um, to learn, it's a great lesson to learn for future and how practice um as I said the other day, practice may not make perfect, but it does make a whole lot better. So. Yeah. It's also a good opportunity to get um, the rest or other members of the child's family involved in those practice um, mm. sort of rituals, I guess. It becomes sort of a, a habit to get that family involved in that practice as well. So. You know what I've found is um, a lot of times you have to educate parents on... Uh, how to practice and about music itself, especially when you talk about young kids, they're not going to regulate their own practice schedule most of the time. It's up to the parents to say, you know, we have to tell parents, watch, have them play this through two, three times, however, this week. Um, and a lot of times you kind of have to teach them how to listen and make sure he's doing it correctly or doing it right because they don't know anything about music. And so you have to tell them what he's looking to do. Make sure he's using all five fingers. Don't let him sit and pluck out the notes with one finger or make sure he's looking at the music and not just trying to guess it by ear, you know, if there's a wrong note, you can, you know, gently correct them, um, things like that. You kind of have to educate them on what it means to practice and what it means to perform in those kind of musical terms. There's a little bit of education for the parent and your student there. Absolutely, Andrew. Um, next, we're going to go to Lori Peebles, and she's going to tell us a little bit about goal setting. Hello. Um, goal setting is definitely something we like to work on, whether it be with our older kids or even our itty bitties. And I'll focus more on goal setting with our itty bitties. Um, for some of our kids, um, goal setting can present to be a challenge, especially if we're working on the making choices. So what I like to do is make goals as far as kind of incorporating into what Andrew was saying with practice having them practice a song that they really like on the piano mm. or guitar. Um, and within that, they're making choices. And from there, just those small steps of making choices goes on to, okay, we're going to learn this song within this amount of time period. And having them a part of making those goals at that young age. And that will definitely continue on into older age. Yeah. I think, Lori, exactly what you're saying. I think that... Um, setting up a task analysis of the goals for the little kids is really, really important so that there's constantly a success on the horizon. There's, you know, meeting each small goal as opposed to setting really large goals um, is really important. Yeah. Um, anyone else have anything to say about goal setting? Any goals you set? I like that you said you have to put a mixture of um, songs that they want to play in there 
and songs that you kind of need them to play for the, the technical aspect of it. You know, no one likes playing their scales, but if we're right. really hitting in on learning music, then you kind of have to do that. And I had a request for uh, Gangnam Style on piano the other day, which is very hard to figure out on piano because there's not really a lot of singing in it. And so I was there's like, well, a lot of notes for let's see how we can do this. Uh, if you had to cut a deal, if we play Gangnam Style, then you got to give me two C scales or something like that beforehand. <laughs> Do a lot of negotiating, I think, in my adaptive lessons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and on the uh, as long as we're talking about goal setting and kind of mixing in there with some recreation, mm -hmm. how about recreation and how do you use recreation as a goal? Recreation is definitely something that we want our clients to experience long term with music. Um, obviously, the thing that makes music therapy different than all of our sister therapies is we can be fun. And so if we can teach our clients... <laughs> we well, can, they can be fun, too. They can be fun, too. Can be Not fun quite too. as fun as we are. <laughs> Not as loud. <laughs> Not as loud and noisy. But, um, but definitely we want our kids to love music and learn an appreciation for music. So within our lessons of definitely having our clients learn songs that are fun for them and just learning music in general we're giving them appreciation for music more long term yeah Lori I completely agree with you um, next we're gonna go to Andrea Johnson and she's gonna tell us about a couple of the goals that she works on during adaptive lessons and performance opportunities sure yeah um, one of the things that I like to uh, work on with my kiddos is the importance of perseverance whether it be through um, through good practice habits, being able to work on a song and keep practicing even though it might be frustrating, um, and, uh, and patience as well. You know, you're learning that learning a song might take some time. We might not be able to learn it all completely in one day. Um, so, and those are great skills that are gonna transfer over into stuff that they're working on in school or when they, you know, are waiting for something when they get a little bit older and it's becoming difficult to wait on things. Um, yeah, anybody well, else work I, on that? I think the perseverance thing is talk about transfer to uh, for our children who are take in speech therapy or occupational therapy or physical therapy. Yeah. They're working on things that seem really, really micro um, sometimes, but that takes them six, 12 months to accomplish. And, and so you talk about very perseverance, yeah. yeah, and they're working just their behinds off on this something that just seems very micro and so when you if you can teach that perseverance through music and that sense of accomplishment of working hard on something and and pulling it off I think that's powerful and really transfers to what they're doing in speech and occupational therapy mm -hmm. and physical therapy too which can be grueling sometimes mm -hmm. to just work so hard at that and then when you finally accomplish it it's a, it's a good feeling and a, a really cool experience to watch somebody get to mm -hmm. to uh, feel that way well, and so many of our kids that are dealing with any sort of delay are oftentimes their, their patience is tried anyway. Mm -hmm. um, we see a lot of frustrating behaviors. We see, uh, you know, behaviors coming out when they're frustrated that they aren't able to communicate what they're doing or that they aren't able to complete a task as quickly as a peer may be able to do. So I think, um, and, and many of our kids have attention issues as well. And so mm -hmm. really working on patience and per perseverance together um, to work on those attention goals and, um, and and frustration and anger and behavior goals, I think is excellent. It's a good research study. Yeah. Music therapy for perseverance and see if you can transfer it to a... <laughs> that would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Professor types, get on that. <laughs> what else do you have for us, Andrea? Another goal that I work on, and I'm sure you all 
have been working on as well in your uh, adapted music lessons is, of course, uh, coordination, whether it be through fine motor, gross motor, um, sequencing skills, that kind of thing. Um, what I've found with a lot of my kids, uh, they may be doing pretty good at piano, you know, sequencing one finger, two finger, three finger, doing C scales beautifully, but then they have, you know, they have deficits in motor or they, you know, have trouble in other areas and um, so at t music therapy is a wonderful way we can break that up break up that lesson if they're doing great with the fine motor move on to something else do some drumming do some dancing um, address all of the coordination of the whole body so yeah. and no. then doing all that in front of a crowd yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then not getting nervous and being able to um, complete that and in a group as well mm -hmm. in a group performance right and coordinating that left and right hand play at the same time you talk about piano or guitar or anything like that is mm -hmm. always yeah. a challenge even yeah. for you know when I first started I, that was the hardest part for me yeah um, well, so two of the goals that I work on a lot when I'm um, working on performance opportunities are appropriate behavior and concentration. And so appropriate behavior is, I think, a really important thing to talk about because when we're talking about kids ages three to five, um, there is, there's a time and a place for silly and they should be allowed to do that. And many times in a performance opportunity, silly is appropriate because they're acting or they're performing in some way and it's funny to the audience and so I think it's really important not to squash that in a child. Um, having said that, there's also some inappropriate behaviors that we see happen, especially when the child gets in front of an audience and knows that all eyes are on him and, and or her and um, they can really whoop it up. So I was telling my colleagues uh, a couple of days ago about a performance I did a couple of years ago with um, a large group of kids, but one little boy who is very musically inclined and really talented and knows it, um, <clears throat> did his solo. And then when it was not all about him anymore and it was about another group of kids, he ran out to the front of the stage and mooned the whole audience. <laughs> and I couldn't get to him fast enough to make that not happen. But it was a great time to teach him appropriate and inappropriate behavior. Um, and so talking about appropriate behavior and working through appropriate behaviors during the lesson and during the therapy session as far as introducing your piece if that's appropriate or introducing yourself, um, whether you bow or not, or um, thank, you know, some of the other kids you're performing with. There's lots of um, appropriate interactions and behaviors we can work on. And then also concentration, which I think is really an obvious goal that we're working on during uh, performing a piece and or um, learning a piece of music, whether it be singing or on an instrument or dancing. Um, so as I said earlier, so many of our kids are dealing with attention deficit issues um, and delays in other areas. And so when we talk about the cognitive part of learning a musical instrument, we know that that helps your child develop concentration. They have to focus on a particular activity for an extended period of time. That extended period of time may only be 10 to 15 minutes, but for that child that could be huge. Um, and so developing concentration is a great way to help them when they have to focus their attention in school. And that's really what we're prepping them for at that age. So with that said, Thank you very much for listening in, and we hope you can incorporate some of these goals in your music therapy sessions and adaptive music lessons and performances. Have a great day. Don't forget to visit thegeorgecenter.com slash blog for more great information on what we do. Thanks for listening to this Imagine 
podcast produced in 2013.